Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 8.20 on a Friday. It is time for our Counterpoint, which is brought to you by Pizzaville. 416-736-FreeSex-FreeSex or Pizzaville.ca. You can get yourself pie. Good night for that. We got our Counterpointers in and uh, ready to go. We got Anthony Fury, who you can read in the SunPost Media. Uh, Hello, sir. We do, and you can, and here I am. Happy Friday. We got Bob Richardson, Senior Counsel over at National Public Relations, and I haven't had both you guys in for a while together with me here, so I'm happy to have you. Greetings and salutations. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's start with the obvious, because everyone's excited about it. Maybe everyone but you, Anthony. Uh, does I didn't Tor- say I'm not excited. <laughs> I asked the question, does it even matter if Toronto wins the final? Because, yeah, we took game one, and I think a lot of people think, okay, we've got the trophy coming home. But this is a really tough team to beat. I think in game two we'll probably see a whole different team. But we're getting a lot of love. Even the Warriors, who are supposed to hate us, even they have a hard time saying anything bad about us. The Canadian fans are so nice that even when they're they're harassing us, they do it in a very polite manner. I mean, it was the nice heck levy, <laughs> like a boo. I hope you have a terrible day. It wasn't no cuss words. It wasn't anything so like I that. I appreciate that. I appreciate the respect. Thank you, Canada. Of course, we apologize for everything. But Bob, yeah, there you go. But Bob, you know, either which way, and I know we all want to win, but maybe I'm being too Canadian. Isn't it just great to be nominated? You're all winners. <laughs> no, it would be great to win. And I, I was one of those fans who was sort of reluctant to say, geez, we could win this thing mm. until the, the end of the first game. And I think we can win this thing. Uh, so I think it's fantastic. I think it's great for the city. Uh, the franchise is terrific. The, the, the games have been amazing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think it's great. I think it's one of the best things that's happened in a long time. And you know what? It's also brought a lot of people together. Yeah. And that's fantastic, too. I know. You know, it is really, that's how I look at it, Anthony. It's It's been a lot of fun watching the team. They're really good. Um, and I know nothing about basketball. But they're fun to watch. Everyone likes each other for for a few minutes. And the businesses here are, are doing unbelievable. And they need this. And we had this longest winter ever that only finished like oh, 72 hours ago. You, you know those times like a few weeks ago when you look out and it would snow for like three minutes? <laughs> You're like, what is going on? So it's so nice to have something where people are just getting out yeah. and doing stuff. And it's like... You know, here's summer, summer in Canada. Let's party on. It's great. Yeah. Well, uh, but as I said, Bob, I just jumped on the bandwagon. It's not supposed to be stressful. And I find this all very stressful all of a sudden. I'm like, why am I stressed out? I don't care. It's 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 the last seven minutes I find are the most stressful period of time, which by the way also lasts an hour. Yeah, uh, those are, those are the most that that's the most stressful time in the game. But uh, so far it's been absolutely fantastic. So uh, let's go. Yeah, my husband was like, I was like, well, there's only a minute left. They they've won, and he's like, no, a lot can happen in that last minute. Minutes can yeah. can last forever, and I'm like. I don't know about that, but we're talking basketball. Uh, never mind. Never how, mind. How the time works. I remember as a kid, you know, we'd be watching football, and my dad would be like, okay, you can have your TV show, or you can have the ice cream or whatever, uh, you know, after we just get through these 10 minutes. I'd be like, oh, great, that means 10 minutes. And then like 40 <laughs> yeah. minutes later, I'm like, where's my 40. darn ice cream, Dad? <laughs> Four hours later. Learning how sports timing actually works. You know? Let's um, let's talk a little bit. I had uh, the Imam Tawidi on the phone a little uh, in the last segment. He is in town. He's known as the Imam of Peace. He's a national bestseller. He is here in town uh, fighting against the Al-Quds rally, which I really don't understand why it is still here and happening and allowed to happen. But, you know, we talk about the fact that hate is not acceptable 
Uh, and yet this weekend, this completely anti-Semitic festival or rally is going to be taking place on Toronto's streets. And and I asked the imam who's here fighting for this, you know, what is the biggest danger? Here's what he said. Muslims, Muslims are calling upon John Tory uh, to put an end to this, upon uh, Premier Doug Ford to put an end to this. I'm meeting with them every single day this week. But it seems that, you know, they're ignoring the Muslims. Muslims themselves are, are concerned that so many radicals are coming out chanting for the death of the Jews. There are Muslims that just, just broke bread during Ramadan with the Jewish community. Yeah, I hate this thing. I do not understand why as a taxpayer, a Jewish taxpayer, I got to fund the police to watch this thing. I don't know why we allow this thing. I mean, Anthony, if this were a thousand um, neo-Nazis, it would be shut down rightfully within seconds. But why are we so indifferent to this? Well, it's an interesting comparison to make because I think we have to have these conversations more. I mean, this was an event, this Al-Quds celebration was created uh, by the Iranian regime in, in, in the early 80s, uh, late 70s. And it's very much about the vilification of it. It's not like, oh, let's, you know, bring uh, food and supplies to Palestinian children. No, it's very much about the vilification of Israel. And I think the neo-Nazi comparison is actually completely apt. And and before we talk about, oh, should Doug Ford this and John Tory that, I want us to get to a point in society where where we can we can call these things out for what they are. And I think people are afraid. They go, oh, there's a, you know, a bunch of people of the Muslim faith doing some sort of rally or event. Maybe it's a celebration. Okay, I, I'm uncomfortable with criticizing it. No, you can criticize this. Other, other events are just community events or religious events. This is what it is. And it is... I, I think, shameful for a person to make the choice to go to this event. Yeah, and that it's on the public streets. I mean, Bob, I would say this. If there were Jews out there chanting for the death of, of whomever, I, I would call that out, too. It's just you can't have an honest conversation about ending hate if you're allowing certain groups to carry it out. I completely agree with you. I don't understand why this continues to go ahead. I know it's been moved off of government property. If I remember, it was in uh, the Queen's Park Park. It's gotten too big uh, for it now. <laughs> uh, a, a couple a couple of years ago. But there's no excuse for allowing this to go ahead. Uh, it's based on hate. It's based on hate towards one group of people. Um, we don't even have to get into the religions or faiths or whatever. It's 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 an event that's based on hatred towards a group of people, that should be enough to say enough and to end this. Yeah. All right. Well, we agree to all agree. What's wrong with you people tonight? What is wrong with you people? Yeah, we'll tonight? get into it. Give that's, us a few that's minutes. A pretty, that's a pretty <laughs> easy issue. Next. Well, you, you, would th- you would think, Bob, but, you know, yeah. it's become so normalized, things like BDS and all the rest of it. It's so normalized. I don't even know if people understand what they're seeing, and that that's the danger of it. It's that we look away, and, and if we do, we're doomed to repeat these mistakes of, of history, and that's my, my big concern. Um, let's talk about beer, okay, because we're always going to talk about beer. But Doug Ford is response, uh, responding to the beer gopolies, uh, comments that uh, the premier is bluffing. Well, here is the premier's response to the beer uh, the beer companies. Test me out and you'll find out if I'm bluffing or not. We're going to give the people the convenience to walk into a store and buy a case of beer and you know this is coming up the weekend I look at all those guys they look as thirsty as anything over there for a nice cold frosty you go out there you grab that cold beer and zoom. And zoom, Bob. And zoom. There you go. Well he says he's not bluffing. All right. Your takeaway from this? Uh, well, despite the weirdo obsession with alcohol that this government <laughs> seems to have, which I don't quite get, um, look, I don't think the Premier's entirely wrong on this one. Mm. Um, 
And, and and I look, I've got lots of friends at Molson and Labatt's. They're good guys, and they've been, by and large, good corporate citizens over over the course of their life. But I uh, bet you they got but, a good box at the finals at Scotia Sooner. And, and I, <laughs> I, I, I can assure you, I've sat in the box before. I can assure you they have. Uh, <laughs> so they're in uh, they're in good shape. They're good folks. But at the end of the day, um, you know, this was when this whole thing was cooked up. They were all three of of the firms were local domestic firms. They were brewing tons of beer here in Ontario. They were employing tons of people in Ontario. They were putting tons of money into community programming in Ontario. And that's simply just not the case today. There's been significant comebacks in all of them, and the three are owned by uh, multinationals. So, you know, and and also the industry has changed with a, with a significant percentage of the marketplace going to craft beers. So with that, it kind of does make some sense to open it up. Is this the best approach. It's kind of like everything with this guy. It's sort of like a hammer over the head. Uh, but but opening it up and making it easier to get a beer makes some sense. I tried to buy a six-pack at Loblaws uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was at the, the last thing uh, the the person was to, was to check in. Well, she wasn't 18, so she couldn't uh, so she couldn't process it. Well, you know, Bob is buying liquor from minors. I mean, the there you stuff go. you learn on a Friday Bob night. Bob Richardson buying from underage people. There you go. Attempting to buy, I guess, would be the way I'd put it. I thought you were going to say she asked you for identification. But that is pathetic. Yeah. It is pathetic. It is annoying as a, as a customer, as a consumer. And, you know, it's stuff like that that mm-hmm. pushes people like me into the blow the doors open category. Yeah, there you go. But it's it's a lot of political capital, Anthony, for Doug Ford to be. I mean, because it's overshadowing everything, which is it is a distraction. But again, I don't think it'll be until a deal is done and we see the numbers where people will actually decide on this. Well, well it's nice to see it finally being done because it's one of those common sense issues that we've all agreed for years, for yeah. decades, really. Like, what is this all about? And he's deciding, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this. One issue, and a few uh, lawyers in Ontario and and, uh, professors in Ontario have written papers about this. And I wrote about it when it came to the the feed-in tariff, the FIT programs, and various green scheme contracts that I thought were not legitimate. You can break contracts, massive contracts, without paying a single cent of penalty, even if you've signed a contract saying you have to pay them penalty, because you can pass a piece of legislation that overrides that contract. Professor Bruce Party at Queen's University has written about this, and some others have as well. And I advocated we do it with some of the green scheme deals. Doug Ford can do it here. It's kind of a nuclear option. It's mm-hmm. a bit like uh, bringing the notwithstanding clause. But, I mean, in some cases, I think it's worth doing it. So there is a lot of uh, creative financing that can be done to make this thing look nowhere near as bad as the as the beer store types are trying to say. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, pause there because we'll pay for some uh, things with our commercials and then we'll div- uh, dive into the fact that we're apparently getting garbage back is a, is a success story. We'll talk about that coming up in just a minute. This counterpoint brought to you by Pizzaville. 416-736-3636 or pizzaville.ca. It'll make you happy. Go over there now. We'll be back here with uh, Global News Radio right after this. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 835 here on this Friday. Yeah, it is a Friday. I had to check there for a second. And of course, we are into round two of Counterpoint, which is brought to you by Pizzaville. 416-736-3636 or pizzaville.ca and you will get something tasty 
in return. Anthony Fury and Bob Richardson weighing off. And uh, let's uh, dive into a couple of things. Uh, Justin Trudeau uh, speaking in Quebec where he delivered... I think you could safely say a very partisan attack, attack against Doug Ford. This was at the Confederation, the Conference of the Federation of Canadian Municipalities. And without question, he's going to be campaigning against Ford, which is very easy to do. He's easy to vilify. And he has to because he's got to win over the 905, which is absolutely crucial if he wants to maintain power. But here's a taste of uh, the message that Trudeau was delivering today. Premier Ford is playing politics with money that belongs to your communities and your citizens are paying the price. But if the provinces don't want to work with the federal government and the municipalities on infrastructure, we'll figure out ways, like with this new measure, working directly with you to get shovels in the ground and to do the things Canadians ask us all to do. All right, so there you go. He can ride around the premiers, which uh, many of them are blue now, uh, Anthony, in Canada, and play hero to the municipalities by vilifying uh, the center stage. And it, look, that that could work. I think it's going to be problematic for sure. Vilifying, though, isn't that the word? And for 2019, I don't think we've heard a single positive sentence from the prime minister. Mm-hmm. It's all been sort of negative stuff, negative campaigning. And, and quite frankly, in, in, a, in a lot of respects, how they're so obsessed with what Andrew Scheer is saying as well, they're behaving like an opposition party. They're not behaving like the government in the way they talk. So I think he needs to reverse that a little bit there. And if he wants to campaign against Ford, I, I get what you're saying. You know, Ford is doing these, he, well, he's not doing cuts. He's growing the size of government, but he's shuffling money around in a way that is causing these hysterical headlines. And, I mean, as I've been writing, and, and Ford himself has been complaining that Toronto Sun columnists are, are writing about this, you know, he needs to do more on the budget and do more to deal with the deficit. I think he needs to own it more. And part of the problem, and, and we talked about this last week, and I think Bob and I were in agreement, that there's just this, there doesn't seem to be a plan. He's just kind of randomly shuffling money around here and there with this program and that. I mean, know what you're going to do, know why you're doing it, do it, plant your feet firmly, and then explain why you're doing it, argue for it, fight for it, instead of this stuff where they run out, oh, we're going to do this, oh, no, we get scared, okay, no, we're not doing it anymore. I mean, Ford's got to win this battle then against Trudeau. Right. And so therefore, though, Bob, the noise is going to just continue to grow because by the time the summer election and the campaigning is kind of in full throttle, you're going to have the education unions and all the public sector unions making a lot of noise because the the province is going into negotiations with them. And so this could work for Trudeau, uh, you know, because he's going to be writing a lot of checks. Well, the reason it's going to work for Trudeau is this has been an inept buffoonathon for the last year. That's why it's going to work for Trudeau. If this guy was governing, well, he's had his own buffoon buffoon magic, you know. You know, uh, if this guy was governing properly, he wouldn't be at minus fifty three percent in terms of his personal approval rating. The reason is they have no plan. They're spending more money, $14 million more a day than Kathleen Wynne uh, did, and they're delivering less services. The bond rating agencies, by and large, um, think it's a circus, too, as well. So well, we just got an upgrade. We didn't get an upgrade. We got the same thing as we got before. And, and we got a downgrade from uh, two of the other agencies. But I digress. <laughs> Anyways, the point here is good for him. I'm a liberal. He should be going after this guy because this is the most recent uh, conservative government. It's the biggest conservative government in, in the country. And we should be pointing out to people how they're governing, what they're doing, what their priorities are, and how they're cutting, uh, where they're cutting, and, uh, and how they can't seem to run a two car, uh, organize a two-car parade. And I think he would be negligent as a political leader if he wasn't doing that. I say bring it on, bring it on more.
All right, I want to get to this topic because we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to talk about it. The Philippines have loaded up a ship with millions of tons of trash that we dumped on them six years ago. So we've infuriated them. Malaysia's furious. And Catherine McKenna tweets out, and I uh, hard not to laugh at this, quote, anchors away, the containers of garbage have departed the Philippines and will arrive in Canada in four weeks where the waste will be turned into energy that will power homes in British Columbia. And there's It's a lo- exciting! <laughs> there's a big ship in the background of that tweet. And Bob, uh, are we supposed to celebrate this as a victory? Well, only she could take something that happened (laughs) five years ago during the Harper government and turn it into a net negative for the federal (laughs) Liberal Party five years later. That takes a particular political skill Mm. to do that. I mean, uh, the quote was flippant, inappropriate, should never have gone out. It is very apparent that there's nobody checking uh, these sort of things in Ottawa Mm. and that the communications branch in the prime minister's office is asleep at the switch when it comes to this particular minister, because something um, as, um, you know, delicate as this in terms of our relations with the, uh, with the, with the, uh, with the government of the Philippines shouldn't have been treated in this manner. It's just political ineptitude. Yeah. I mean, look, Alex, there are thousands of pounds of full adult diapers mm. that have been festering in the heat in the Philippines for five years. They are now coming to Canada, and Catherine McKenna is excited at the prospects of turning those diapers into green energy. It's exciting! I, I leave it at that. I'm sure I leave it at that. BC, BC loves its ships. What's that? You can't make this up. No, I, I, know. I know. I know. After kissing the cod in this, it's been a tremendous week. Let me <laughs> just say cod. that cod. Uh, all right, guys, I got to leave it there. But I always thank you for your uh, Friday contributions. And uh, go Raptors, go, Bob. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Hey, by the way, if you get that invite to the box, I'm free. All right. Oh, I don't hate not. the multinationals that much. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I could change my tune very rapidly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, guys, thank you very much. Bob Richardson joining us, Anthony Fury joining one. us, always appreciated. And, of course, Counterpoint brought to you by Pizzaville. You can pick up your phone, dial 416-736-3636, or go to pizzaville.ca, and they'll get you all set up. On Point on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.